Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Awful, awful loud. The amendment is 0194H, printed in House Record 9, pages 42. The question is on the amendment. Are you ready for the question? All those in favor say it. For what reason does the member rise? For clarification, Mr. Speaker, we have CACR up there, 32. It has no amendments. And some of us are confused. Uh, paperwork got a little mixed up, so we are back to CACR 32, and then we'll, yeah. Committee on State and Federal Relations and Veterans Affairs, to which was referred CACR 32, an act relating to independence, providing that the state peaceably declares independence from the United States, proceeds as a sovereign nation, having considered the same report the same with the following resolution, resolved that it's inexpedient to legislate. Senator Brody, Deshaies for the committee. What reason does the member rise? Mr. Speaker, uh, to make a motion to State table. your motion. Table is State your open. motion. The motion is to table. Table, cock 32, yes. A roll call has been requested. That is sufficiently seconded. Members will take their seats. This will be a roll call vote.
House will come to order. The motion before us is the tabling motion on CACR 32. The chair recognizes Santo Notasto for a parliamentary inquiry. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. Mr. Speaker, if I know that it is a long-standing American value that government requires the consent of the governed, and if I know that no New Hampshire citizen alive today gave their consent to be governed by this federal government, and if I know this bill will give New Hampshire citizens the historic opportunity to affirm their consent, then, I, then would I press the red button so another motion can be made? Chair recognizes Representative Beldesaro for a parliamentary inquiry. Mr. Speaker, if I know that the representative from Weir did a great job in breaking this down on the reasons why this should not go to the voters. And Mr. Speaker, what I know, and if you all knew, that there are no rules whatsoever what would happen to your retirement, police, military, uh, funding, uh, bases, no rules whatsoever on this, and there's nothing in the Constitution. Then, would I speak on behalf of all, and let's just vote this table and move on. Thank you. The motion before us is a tabling motion on CACR 32. This is a roll call vote. If you're in favor, you'll press the green button. If you're opposed, you'll press the red button. Voting stations are open for 30 seconds. We're in the voting bone. Members will stay in their seats. Former Mr. President had an opportunity to vote. House will attend to the state of the vote. 162 voting yay, 170 voting nay. The motion to table fails. We're back to the initial motion of inexpedient to legislate. Chair recognizes Representative Tim Smith to speak for the committee report. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. So this is the, the first time I've come up to the microphone this session. And those of you who've been here for a few terms realize that I'm someone who comes up to the microphone a lot. 
Um, so I, I hope that you'll appreciate the gravity that it took to, to get me down here today. Um, normally I prepare remarks, but not this time. I tried a dozen times to write a speech for this, but I, I just couldn't do it. It's too personal for too many of us here in the room. It's too personal for me. I'm a direct descendant of Captain John Smith, who fought alongside George Washington, that guy, to establish the United States as an independent nation. I'm also a direct descendant of Sergeant Garrett Preston Smith, who fought in the US Civil War to keep the United States one nation undivided. A lot of folks in this room have similar stories from their own families, have sim similar lineages that they look back upon. And even if you don't, we have a communal heritage here in New Hampshire with a unique place in American history. It was New Hampshire's adoption of the U.S. Constitution. We were the ninth state to ratify the U.S. Constitution, which was the vote that made it official and sent it into effect for all of the 13 colonies. We did that. It was this state, it was New Hampshire, that created the United States of America. Fast forward a few decades, we had a civil war, as a few breakaway states decided that they would rather go do their own thing and establish a country founded on the principles of chattel slavery. Well, New Hampshire didn't think that was such a good idea, so we answered President Lincoln's call, that guy, and we sent troops down to put a stop to that. Folks might not realize this, but you know, when we walk into this building through the front foyer, we come in through a room called the Hall of Flags. The regimental battle standard from the New Hampshire Regiment that liberated the Confederate capital city of Richmond, Virginia, is downstairs on the first floor of this building. New Hampshire liberated the Confederate capital and worked to, it, when Jefferson Davis and his little cohort ran fleeing with their tails between their legs, they were running from New Hampshire soldiers. And I am proud of that heritage and legacy that we all carry with us here in this chamber and every day that we carry on as an elected official in this state. And all of this, this transcends party, this transcends ideology. We are Americans and we are from New Hampshire. Fast forward a few more decades. You know, when I first got elected in 2012, there were three things I absolutely never thought that I would vote on during my tenure in the New Hampshire House. Articles of impeachment, and we came close a couple of years ago. We had a bill called, a, it was a bill of address. It was the first step in an impeachment proceeding. So there was number one. Number two was formal disciplinary actions against members of the House. Unfortunately, we had that a couple of years ago. So that was number two. And here we are with number three, articles of secession. You know, it's, it's almost impossible to even talk about this without breaking down. I mean, I apologize for my composure, Mr. Speaker. I am close to tears right now because this is such a deeply personal issue. You know, we have this legislation in front of us. It is a bill to destroy the United States. We stand in the shadow, literally, of Abraham Lincoln and George Washington. And we are considering legislation to take a star off of that flag. 
Every single one of us stood for the Pledge of Allegiance and National Anthem this morning. Every single one of us took the same oath of office to support and defend the Constitution of the United States. And we have legislation now seeking to destroy the Constitution of the United States. That is beyond shameful, it is beyond disgraceful, and it is a stain on the proud history of the state that we even have to entertain this being introduced through the administrative process, never mind you know, getting far enough along to have a vote on the floor of the House. It was really close to the textbook definition under Title 18 of the U.S. Code. It was really close to the definition of advocating overthrow of the U.S. government when this CACR was introduced. When co-sponsors signed on, it was really close to seditious conspiracy. A vote for this is really close to the federal definition of treason. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. The House will be in order. Does the member yield to questions? The member does not yield. The chair recognizes Santa Natasto to speak against the committee report. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. Mr. Speaker, the United States is not going to outlast the sun. One day it will end. If you declared in 1985 that the Soviet Union would be completely gone in the next decade, you would be considered a crazy person. But in 91, it was gone. The American religion is the US dollar, our biggest export, inflation. Few understand the privilege we have had to create money from nothing and export our inflation, living on the backs of the rest of the world. When the world stops subsidizing the dollar, the federal government loses its ability to dictate the state's behavior, unable to bribe them with worthless money, and quickly the union will fall apart. This national divorce is going to happen, it's inevitable, and we have an opportunity to get ahead of it. The historic motion CR, CACR 32 calls on for a vote by the New Hampshire citizens on the question of state independence. At the committee hearing, many objections were raised, all which were answered by the pro-independent citizens who testified, and some which I'll address again today. The biggest objection alleged is this whole effort is treasonous, that any moves towards independence for any state is illegal and unconstitutional. If it were unconstitutional for a state to secede, this prohibition would have been included in the original Constitution per the Ninth and Tenth Amendments. Since it's not specifically included there, there is no such restriction, and that power is left to the states. Additionally, everything states are not permitted to do are listed in Article 1, Section 10 of the Constitution. It does not mention anything about separating from the Union, therefore it is not prohibited. And to those who say that per the Articles of Confederation, this union is perpetual and that this concept was adopted by the U.S. Constitution, we ask, has there ever been in history a union that was undissolvable? The federal government often supports independence movements in other nations. Is the U.S. the only perpetual nation in the history of the world? Is there truly nothing the federal government could do that would allow a state to declare independence? And even if this move towards independence is illegal or treasonous, which I do not believe it to be, it would be no more so than the one in 1776, which is celebrated by everybody in this body. To quote from the Declaration of Independence, when in the course of human events, it becomes necessary for one people to dissolve the political bands which have connected them with another and to assume among the powers of the earth the separate and equal station to which the laws of nature and of nature's God entitle them. 
A decent respect to the opinions of mankind requires that they should declare the causes which impel them to the separation. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, and they are endowed by the Creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, that to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men, deriving their powers from the consent of the governed, that whatever any form of government becomes destructive of these ends, it is the right of the people to alter and, or abolish it, and to institute new government, laying its foundation on such principles and organizing its powers in such form as to them shall seem the most likely to affect their safety and happiness. Prudence, indeed, will dictate that governments long established should not be changed for light and transient causes, and accordingly all experience has shown that mankind are more disposed to suffer while suffer, evils are sufferable than to right themselves by abolishing the forms to which they are accustomed. But when a long train of abuses and usurpations pursuing invariably the same object invinces a design to reduce them under absolute depotism, it is their right, it is their duty to throw off such government and to, promote, and to provide new guards for their future security. To assert that those who wrote this document went on to create a government that contradicts the principles on which it was founded is ludicrous and absurd. Returning to the alleged violation of the Constitution, I'm surprised that some are troubled by violations of the U.S. Constitution. It is not even possible to list all the violations on the other part, on the other party of this document, making this contract void in the perspective of any contract law that has ever existed. There is no evidence that the federal government is bound by the Constitution. Does our Constitution allow an intelligence community, which to quote the current Senate Majority Leader, has six ways a Sunday of getting back at you if you cross them? that worked so hard to undermine the 45th president of this country and to assure the election of our current president? Those who oppose this idea because in so many words the Civil War settled that issue, we must assume that had the colonists lost the war in the 1700s, that their words would not have been universally and everlasting true, that their veracity depended upon winning a war. Do we believe that other conquering nations have a right to forcefully rule over the conquered because might makes right for lack of power? Do we surrender the principle of self-determination for a state any more or less than the individual? I'm opposed to this because governments long established should not be changed for light and transient causes. We are at a point beyond this. Does anyone believe that the current powers of the federal government over every aspect of our lives, from toilets to light bulbs, from taxine, taxation to ma vaccine mandates, from bankrupt Social Security to our $30 trillion deficit, the war on drugs, border patrols within 100 miles national borders, how children are taught in our schools, and arbitrary no-fly lists are just light and transient causes. A federal government with approximately 400 agencies and more laws, federal crimes, and rules than anyone in the country is even aware of. A federal government that has sent our sons and daughters to foreign countries and involved them in countless foreign entanglements, often leading to their deaths. For those who label this effort un-American, referring back to the founding Declaration of Independence, but when a, train, a long train of abuses and usurpations pursuing invariably the same object invinces a design to reduce them under absolute depotism, it is their right, it is their duty to throw off such government. How could one possibly argue that the words of the Declaration of Independence were un-American? For concerns such as what is the plan or how we will survive, there are plenty of examples of smaller countries in the world that function independently and even thrive. But also, it would be absurd to just tell a battered wife that she can't divorce until she has a plan. This is not a fringe idea. Hashtag national divorce trends on the internet. There's a similar movement in California which will flourish again when Republicans take, up, take the US Congress later this year. 
There's independence movements in Texas and several movements to move borders to cities as in Atlanta or the states as in the greater Idaho movement. Hollywood star Ron Perlman recently stated, it's time that every state that would elect Republicans to represent them and all the rest of us separate. You don't want to live in my world and I certainly don't want to live in yours. Sarah Silverman has endorsed national divorce. Ted Cruz and Congressman Massey and Green have spoken in support of national divorce. Media personalities including Glenn Beck, Ben Shapiro, Matt Walsh, Tim Pool, and others have spoken in support of splitting up the union before it's too late. This bill has no one in the chamber voting directly on secession. It asks them only to, to allow those we purport to represent to make their own decisions. If our state was currently independent, would we choose to join the union in the situation that it's in? The answer is obviously no. So we should allow our citizens the opportunity to determine their own future. Uh, thank you, Mr. Speaker. The House will be in order. No motion is to be shown from the gallery or we'll have it cleared. Does the member yield to questions? Uh, yes, I'll yield. Representative Abramson. Do I need to turn this on? No, it was other people. Is this on? Oh, there we go. Thank you, Mr. Speaker, and uh, I thank the member for taking my question. Do you believe that the people of the Ukraine have the right to resist Soviet military aggression right now? Uh, definitely. Follow-up? This uh, is not anything to do with the bill. So if you're going to ask a question, ask about the bill itself. All right. Can I respond to a re remark that uh, was made by a previous speaker? No, that's, that's not. You're here to ask a question. All right. Can I ask a would you believe? It's on topic. It's definitely on topic. You may. Would you believe that my grandmother, who just passed away at the age of 99, would tell us stories about the Civil War and that we had members of our family on my grandmother's side who fought in the Civil War and that they risked their lives and some of them died to end slavery, not to subject us to socialist tyranny from a top-down federal government? Uh, yes, I believe that. Thank you. Now, what's a would you believe? Does the member yield to further questions? Uh, no questions. Yes? Uh, no. No. Uh, the member does not yield. Uh, Mr. Speaker, uh, can I ask for a roll call vote? Roll call has been, you already have asked, the roll call has been requested. That, I didn't ask for a second yet, but I guess that is a second. We have one more speaker, so members take your seats. Uh, the chair recognizes Representative Deshaies to speak for the committee report. Well, thank you for, uh, for, for indulging me, Mr. Speaker, and thank you to the members of the House for, for listening. And I know I'll be brief, I'll be, uh, I'll be um, succinct. First, let me say I'm amazed that I must speak as to why this is a bad idea, not only logistically, but constitutionally. Why? this is impossible, why it's improbable, and why it's a violation of our oath to the U.S. Constitution and to the state of New Hampshire's Constitution, right? I do not legislate based on hashtags, and I do not think we should either, just because something is purportedly trending, which I'm not on Twitter, so I've never seen it, right? But let's be, let's be honest, let's be frank about what this is right now. This is a historic moment. 
not just in the state of New Hampshire, but it's a historic moment in America. This is the first time a legislative body has debated and will vote upon binding, binding secession. Other secession movements that we've talked about, many of those are non-binding. They never get actual votes and debate on the floor. This is binding. It will be the first one debated since prior to the Civil War. That's a historic moment. That's also concerning that we're joining a very bad group of states that tried to overthrow the U.S. Constitution, right? That tried to overthrow a, a constitutionally elected and a constitutionally instituted government. I do not think this body should join such a group of states. We should not be joining those former Confederate States of America who were deemed treasons, right? I see right over my right-hand shoulder here the man who beat back those who challenged our Constitution and defended it, right? The most U.S. service members that have died in any war was the Civil War. This body should not be proposing legislation that could throw us into the maelstrom of war, right? into the jaws of certain defeat. It's a terrible thing to do to our constituents, a terrible thing to do to Granite Staters. So let's, let's also be clear about a number of other things when we discuss the Constitution, because I'm looking at this strictly from a constitutional issue, right? The federal government is the only legitimate power to admit new states and extend or attract territorial boundaries. This is quite clear in Article 4, Section 3 of our state constitution. Our state has never within its constitution and never has a federal government suggested that states can decide that they can leave or to join the government unless the federal government allows so, right? There is no process for leaving this union, right? The union, as mentioned in Texas versus White, 1869, Just, Chief Justice Salmon P. Chase explained in his majority decision, a 9-0 decision, a New Hampshire native, in fact, Sam and Pete Chase was, but um, that, that he explained that the Union began during the Revolutionary War amongst the colonies. In his decision, he writes, quote, we confirmed and strengthened and received de definite form and character and sanction from the Articles of Confederation, and by these, the Union was solemnly declared to be perpetual. Right? The Articles of Confederation of Perpetual Union. That's the name of the entire document. Our country was founded originally by that document. We then, Chief Justice Chase then explains that the current Constitution was ordained to form a more perfect union, and I quote, which extended to convey the idea of indissoluble unity. Therefore, the union can never be dissolved. Anyone who thinks and purports that they can dissolve the union single-handedly is wrong. Right? Let's also discuss the idea that this is a referendum. This is no mere referendum. New Hampshire has no referendum. We have no state statute, nothing in our state constitution that suggests that we have a referendum. Right? We have a constitutional process for amending the constitution. I look at it this way. This is a race. Right? If you run a 5K, you go each kilometer. Right? Kilometer one was the committee, which, by the way, rejected this 21 to nothing, recognizing it was unconstitutional and un-American. Right? Step two is we go to the House floor and we vote on it, right? Every step along the way that you continue to complete this 5K is aiding and abetting and making this policy come to fruition, right? By bringing this to the people, we are aiding and abetting in the process of undermining the U.S. Constitution and violating our oaths of office, right? And I could go on regarding the 14th Amendment and a myriad of 
you know, this open question of what is rebellion, which is not defined in the U.S. Constitution, which quite frankly, after this vote and now that it's roll called, there is a question of what do we do and how do we enforce the 14th Amendment, which we took an oath to the Constitution of. And I hope, I hope that we don't have to be answering that question on the House floor in the future. I hope that everyone says no to this constitutional amendment because I would prefer not to see the partisan politics of trying to remove members of this House for arguably maybe violating their constitutional oath, right? It's deeply concerning to me. And so I hope that we can reject this. I hope we can stick with constitutional government. I hope that we can uphold the U.S. Constitution. I hope we can continue to uphold the New Hampshire State Constitution. We should support the union today, the union tomorrow, and the union forever. Thank you. Does the member yield to questions? Yes. Member yields. Senator Klein Knight, you may inquire. Um, thank you so much, Representative, for taking my question. Um, has, have any of your colleagues decided on who's going to run for president of New Hampshire? That, that is not an appropriate question. We've had a request for a roll call, and now I'm going to ask, is that sufficiently seconded? It is sufficiently seconded. Members will take their seats. This will be a roll call vote. The House will come to order. The question before us is the motion of ITL on CACR 32. This is a roll call vote. The Chair recognizes Representative Sylvia for a parliamentary inquiry. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. Mr. Speaker, if I know that New Hampshire did not delegate to the United States a power to prevent peaceful separation, and that the Tenth Amendment to the U.S. Constitution recognizes the powers not de delegated to the United States by the Constitution, nor prohibited by it to the states, are reserved to the states respectively or to the people. Mr. Speaker, if I know that rebellion and insurrection are violent actions that stand in sharp contrast to the deliberative, thoughtful, and cordial process brought by sponsors and supporters of this amendment. 
And Mr. Speaker, if I know no member of this body should be threatened with retribution for their vote here today, and we should all take to heart the words of Article 30 of our Constitution, the freedom of deliberation, speech, and debate in either house of this legislature is so essential to the rights of the people that it cannot be the foundation of any action, complaint, prosecution, in any other court or place whatsoever. And Mr. Speaker, finally, if I know that this amendment reinforces Article 7 of our Constitution, which declared New Hampshire to be forever a free, sovereign, and independent state, then, Mr. Speaker, would I press the red button to stop the abuse of distant, illegitimate powers? Thank you, Mr. Speaker. The Chair recognizes Representative Bell DeSarro for a parliamentary inquiry. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. Mr. Speaker, as, as I flown back into New Hampshire a couple nights ago from Florida, I recognize there's no rebellion. Uh, and Mr. Speaker, if I know when I walk up to the State House and I see General Stock out there, he's rolling over in his grave to see what's going on here today. And Mr. Speaker, if you believe as I do, this move today is unconstitutional. It is an embarrassment for me to even get up here. It is a 21 to nothing vote in my committee and that we as an Americans should stand tall and especially for those that shed blood that made the ultimate sacrifice, Mr. Speaker. And Mr. Speaker, if they believe as I do, then vote green and let's move on and get this done. Thank you. House will come to order. The motion before us is the ITL motion on CACR 32. This is a roll call vote. If you're in favor, you'll press the green button. If you're opposed, you'll press the red button. Voting stations are open for 30 seconds. All members present had an opportunity to vote. House will attend to the state of the vote. Three hundred and twenty-three voting yay, thirteen voting nay. Committee report is adopted.